0: I would agree. Um, I think the, the effort level, especially if you're working to pick up your feet more or going uphill, particularly like your heart rate's going to be getting in zones that your legs actually can't get to sometimes on the road, if you don't have that turnover. Right. So it can give you a different type of workout. Um, I find mentally it's so much easier. I find road running. It's almost like comparable to trail running for me. I'm just, checking off the the miles looking at my watch but trail running you know i'll wake up and an hour later i'm somewhere and i'm like how did i even get here um so again there's physical hard, there's mental hard. it just depends what purpose of your workout is for that day
1: so here's the question how do runners like us remain active get stronger and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, running coach, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy, where we help active adults be able to run without aches and pains so you can feel good about yourself again. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. Hey, healthy runners, are you ready for your glow up? Have you guys heard the news yet? Knox gear signature product, the tracer, which I have been glowing about. See what I did there for the better part of nine months now has just been re-engineered for a better fit, higher visibility, more color modes, and twice the LEDs for your brightest move yet with the tracer Two. All of our healthy runners use Knox gear during this time of the year when the days are getting shorter in order to get in those runs, even if it is dark outside. One of my pet peeves is when I'm driving and I don't see a runner until the last minute because they're not visible because they're not using Knox gear. We're all about runner health on this podcast, and Knox Gear's Tracer 2 is an essential running tool to keep you safe and visible while running. The Tracer 2 keeps me lit up from all directions during my 5.30 a.m. runs, and I always get shout-outs and comments from other walkers and people traveling in cars because they notice the light display I'm giving off. If you are looking for running gear that will actually help you stay safe while running, we've got a special offer for you where you can save 35% off by using the code HEALTHYRUNNER. Just head to noxgear.com, that's N-O-X-G-E-A-R.com, and use the code HEALTHYRUNNER at checkout to save 35% off. Go ahead and give Knox Gear a try. Trust me, you will never feel safer running. Hello, and welcome to episode 108 on the Healthy Runner podcast, where we help you get stronger, run faster, and enjoy lifelong, injury-free running. Today, we are tripling your fancy on the show with not one, not two, but three running physios, coaches, and podcast hosts with us today. I am super excited to introduce you all to two amazing individuals who are very respected and esteemed colleagues of mine. Welcome to the show, Carolyn and Kim.
2: Thank you for having us. Great to be here.
1: Oh, this is gonna be great. So like their Instagram bio says, we are going to bring road runners and trail runners together today. As Carolyn and Kim say, running is life, life is running and what inspires your soul. And that's what we're going to basically be getting into today. So this is going to be a fun episode. And as a topic, we really have not done a deep dive on the Healthy Runner podcast before, Um, really looking at kind of comparing, contrasting, trail running, and the more traditional road running. So if you are a trail runner who has been listening to the Healthy Runner podcast for a while, and then you kind of Are like hey when are they going to talk about trail running like you're going to feel right at home because that's like kim's jam uh she's the trail runner and if you're a road runner who either is considering delving into some of the trails this is going to be helpful for you or if you're a road runner who doesn't want anything to do with trails then we have something for you as well because carolyn is here and she is a road runner So in this episode, we are going to chat about some of the common questions we get within our healthy runner community when it comes to trail running, maybe we'll bust some myths along the way. Um, Then we're going to also get into some healthy running tips by two running health experts and how running has really inspired Carolyn and Kim to live a deeper and more meaningful life. All right, Caroline Kim. That was like a long intro, wasn't it? Like, holy cow. You're like, all right, like, let's get to it. So you guys are faithful listeners and supporters of the show. So I know you know how we roll and especially as physios. So how are we going to start our warm up with? What are we going to start with?
2: dynamic Dynamic (laughs) warmup.
1: Yes. Yeah. So for a healthy runner audience who have not discovered your amazing inspired souls podcast yet, can you tell them where you're from and what do you do? We'll start with Carolyn and then we'll move on to Kim.
2: All right. Well, I am coming at you live from Winnipeg, Manitoba. We're in central Canada here. I did not grow up here. I grew up in Brockville, Ontario, kind of between Toronto and Ottawa. And uh, Winnipeg is very, very cold. <laughs> it is. It was minus forty-five degrees with the wind chill today, uh, Celsius, which is I think minus forty-nine. Fahrenheit. So super cold.
1: (laughs) Holy cow. That is crazy cold. Okay.
0: All right. So my name is Kim. I am, yes, a, uh, licensed physiotherapist in Canada. We say physiotherapist, um, Mother of two boys, and I currently live in Calgary, Alberta, which is near the Rocky Mountains here in Western Canada. Um, Carolyn and I actually met in Winnipeg, so I have spent some time living in Winnipeg and some time on the west coast near Vancouver. And I can gladly say that it was plus five degrees Celsius where yeah. I am today, Carolyn. <laughs> it's just one yesterday. Over yeah, two yeah. Over. Mm-hmm. no um, fair. Yeah. So basically we both um, run, we both coach, and I'm currently managing a a rehab clinic here in Calgary.
1: Nice. And I was actually interested to see in your bio, Carolyn, you've actually been doing the kind of health and run coaching for quite some time, right? Like You've been doing this since 2012, which is like early adopter talking about like someone who projected where, you know, almost this running health, um, would go in the future. You were like before anyone I knew honestly was doing that. And you know, what, what made that decision for you or why did you want to go into, um, some of that back then?
2: Yeah. So at that point in 2012, I had been practicing as a physiotherapist for almost 10 years and I had worked in you know, clinics and hospitals and, and I liked it, but I really found that I was treating people saying like, I really think that a lot of the injuries that I'm treating here could have been prevented. Right. And especially with the sports injuries, they could be prevented by really looking at you know, in in the case of running, uh, what are we doing in the training? And so I found myself really drawn to not just the training aspects, but also the nutrition and the stress management and the sleep and all of that other stuff that really plays into whether somebody is inflamed or somebody's feeling healthier, whether they're feeling really sluggish and and sick. And so I found myself being drawn to health coaching, but I actually didn't know what health coaching was. I just sort of like, I almost feel like I made it up or something. (laughs) Like you're, you're so bang on when you say that I was an early adopter because I can totally remember making my first business cards and being like, what do I call myself? And I just, (laughs) I just thought about it for a couple of days, honestly. And I was like, I think I'm going to call myself a health coach. And I didn't even know it was a thing. And then the certification came along for it in 2016. So then I got officially certified.
1: Wow, that is that is a really neat story. Because like I said, I, I don't know of anyone who actually started back then. And you are quite an accomplished runner yourself. Uh, you're a little Speedy there. i um, <laughs> seeing some of your times half marathon and 128. And you've, you've qualified for Boston before you ran Boston in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, how was the weather that year?
2: I, it, it doesn't go down in history as one of the hot years. It wasn't like a 2012, okay. but I found it pretty hot. And if I'm going to do my Fahrenheit correctly here, it was like mid seventies, like high seventies by the end. So it was like quite hot. And, and That's again, really hot. we were, you know, anywhere you live in Canada, it's really hard to be ready for the Boston marathon in April, because you do the majority of your training right through the winter months and the snow is barely off the ground, uh, you know, barely by a month before the the race. And so to get in those quality sessions is pretty tough. And so I wasn't heat acclimatized, heat acclimatized whatsoever. And so I remember um, walking to the start line and you have that kind of mile walk to the start line for anyone who's done Boston. And I was sweating walking to the start line and I was like, oh, this is not going to be a good day. (laughs) And um, I, I, in all fairness, I did not adjust my strategy Nearly enough. And I had a terrible race, like with a big, giant positive split. So um, it was a wonderful experience, but it was a nothing to write home about as far as my time.
1: <laughs> wow. The, yeah, I, w- I would imagine the experience um, is something that everyone talks about, um, you know, the experience at Boston. But yeah, I cannot imagine uh, going from that temperature shift. Um, mm-hmm. Did you do like some treadmill running for that training block? Um,
2: You know what at that point i lived in belleville ontario and i did not find the winters were were too bad there they're nothing like winnipeg so uh whenever possible i try to do all of my running outside uh so i may have gotten on the treadmill a few times but nothing nothing much
1: okay all right and kim if you can i noticed in your bio um that you work do you currently work at like a running and gate center or was at a previous um, job and position. And can you just speak about that a little bit in terms of you know, some of your experience with biomechanical analysis and you know, how has that changed your outlook on you know, how you treat runners or help runners from a coaching perspective?
2: Well,
0: it's interesting uh, that you ask it that way because Carolyn and I came to the same place, just in slightly different ways of getting tired of treating symptoms and cleaning up messes and wanting to get to the root source of the problem. And um, no, I worked at the, running, the Pan Am Clinic Running and Gate Center in Winnipeg, which is actually where I met Carolyn for six years. And there we did 3d biomechanical gait analysis with you know six cameras all set up around a treadmill and reflective sensors all over your body on specific anatomical points and the intent there was to really look at biomechanics was part of it of course but trying to get to the source of the problem not just chasing pain um, so we did biomechanical gait analysis I also did you know a complete physical exam I found over my time there that I gravitated more and more towards treating runners until it was exclusively um, who I was treating. And as part of that, found myself talking more and more and more and almost coaching. And it was at that point that I actually had a client, a patient say to me, am I allowed to ask you to be my run coach? (laughs) And so we had to kind of explore the ethics of wearing two hats at the same time there, but yeah, it really, um, informed the way I coached as well as the way I trained my own body of, um, spending a lot more time working on the basics and on the fundamentals. And when you have good strength and good alignment and good biomechanics, the human body just works much more efficiently and, and the running, um, is much more pleasant.
1: Absolutely. And and we stay healthy, right? And Absolutely. Yeah. Run for longevity. And what is your kind of backstory, um, with running? You know, when did you start running and how did you kind of make this evolution to, um, to trail running?
0: I, I flirted with track, track and field in, in middle school and and early high school, but I really got into more long distance running after university when I lived on the West coast on Vancouver Island, because the climate was just so conducive to it year round. And I ran one marathon. I, to this day have ran one road marathon. It was a one and done. And after that, I switched to trail running, um, Nothing against road running and nothing against marathons. I just found that um, partially because of where I lived, uh, so close to hundreds and hundreds of kilometers of amazing outdoor mountainous forested terrain, I got into trail running and over the time found that I just started to play more. I wanted to explore more and go further into the mountains and needed to get there faster. And so that's kind of how I started going longer and got into ultra running, which is a whole other um, story, but bottom line is I do a little bit of both, but my heart is truly in the trails. I feel most at home in the forest.
1: Wow. Yeah. And, and I think the both of you, because, um, I've listened to some of your, you both have two children. Is that correct?
2: Mm -hmm. Yep. I have a 12 year old girl and a 14 year old boy.
1: Excellent. And how old are your kids, Kim?
2: Um uh, mine are
0: 12 and 14. So oh, very, okay. very yeah, similar age. Yeah. yeah, very similar age. Two boys though. But yes, we we have very um mutual kindred spirit type conversations about fitting in, running and life and being a mom and all that stuff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And definitely, you know, you guys are juggling a lot professionally um, as moms, as accomplished runners, as helping other runners. um, So, and having a podcast and that's actually how we met um, Mm -hmm. through your inspired souls podcast. So for those Um, that don't know, we originally connected for your show. I was um, lucky enough to go on your show for episode 66. And we talked about kind of, you know, how we can spark your training with some prehab Mm -hmm. and, um, for those listening to this right now, if you haven't listened to that, then go over and check out that episode on the inspired souls podcast. Um, it's episode 66, and then go ahead. And while you're there, subscribe to their show and start listening to some of the episodes, because as you're going to see today, um, these are really two knowledgeable, knowledgeable, and really, really genuine um, people uh, who are really sharing some great information for you as runners. Um, so, We had a great conversation. I knew that I needed to share you and all that you bring to the table with our healthy runner listeners. So, you know, thanks again for accepting my invite and coming on today to talk about, you know, kind of trail running and road road running, and I'm sure we'll get into some other things in you know some of your history, but before we get into our topic, do you want to just share you know what made the two of you? So you mentioned you were kind of working together, um, you know, at the clinic there. Um, what made you want to start a podcast?
2: Mm-hmm. Do you want to take this one, Kim? (laughs)
0: Well, it was kind of serendipitous. So we got connected through Carolyn's sister-in-law who I worked with at the time. And she said, you know, you, you need to meet Carolyn. And at that point I was actually recruiting a physiotherapist to come work for me at the Pan Am clinic. And when I found out she was a physio runner, that was my intent. When I invited her for coffee was let's, let's talk business. And it didn't take long, like within about 20 to 30 minutes, we had both found our mutual secret desire to do a running podcast and the rest was history. We were, we set up planning meetings immediately and launched our podcast a few months later.
1: That's great. And yeah, I think, you know, I can see, and just, you know, for myself being there of starting something. New and you know, in our training, we have no clue what we're doing, right? And like podcasting, coming from like a physio background, and um, I just love you know, seeing your growth, and I love listening to your show during my long runs, keeps me company. Um, so yeah, you guys are doing some uh great stuff, and yeah, let's get into today's topic if that's okay with you. Um, and let's talk about this kind of uh trail running and. You know, does, I guess the first question I have for you is for those that are dedicated um, to kind of road running, you know, does trail running improve our road running?
0: Okay. Well, I realize I should have mentioned first off when I talked about us founding the podcast, our whole mission, vision, premise with forming the inspired souls podcast was to bring the communities of trail and road running together, because we really feel that both communities can learn a lot from each other. And, uh, we have learned from each other tremendously as we've done this podcast, as well as from our guests. So what your question was, what can road runners learn from trail running? So there's kind of four key things I found have, really distinguished trail running from road running for me. So part of why I got into the trails in the first place was my body really hurt after that marathon. <laughs> I had developed quite a few injuries training on the road. I admit I had a lot to learn still at that point, but just running on the trails, um, was gentler and it gave me a variety. So as we all know, as runners and physios, it's very much you're most efficient when everything's moving in the forward direction and you're not wasting energy going off into the trees or up and down, right? Sagittal plane forward. Um, but that, that repetitive nature of always hitting the ground in the same way every time obviously can lead to the most common source of running injury, which is overuse injuries. So, with trails and especially mountain trails or you know technical trails your foot is hitting the ground differently every single time your core stabilizers are working to keep you from swinging off in a direction and so you get that natural micro variety in every footstep which also makes you more durable. (laughs) I find a natural strength workout comes from running up a hill, running downhill, jumping over a log, you know, um, uh, really using the, you know, the agility that you need to jump around rocks and, and rebound off of surfaces that aren't necessarily flat. So you get some strength. Um, I like to say that trail running is the perfect, no excuses activity. So if you're in the woods, in the forest, it's too hot. Go in the forest. It's shade. It's too windy. Go in the forest. It's not windy. It's too, um, it's snowing. Go in the forest. It's sheltered. It's raining, right? So there's, oh, somebody's got, I'm self-conscious. Somebody might see me running. Go in the forest. Nobody's going to see you run. You can hide in there. So there's absolutely no excuses to run on a trail. And then finally, I just find it fun. Like you really get to become a kid again when you play in the trails. So there's many benefits to road running, but on trails, you can just let loose sometimes and just relax and put the watch aside because your splits are not going to matter when you're running around corners and up and down Hills. It's not apples to apples at all. So it's, it can be a great place to just play. So that's what I like about running on trails. And I know Carolyn has taught me a lot about what I maybe should be doing more of on the roads as well.
1: (laughs) I'm sure
0: you'll ask her that question in a minute.
1: (laughs) No, that's great. Thanks for uh, sharing that, Kim. And I I could see, and for um, full transparency here, I have not run on a trail. So the only time I can, kind of say a trail and I didn't even share this with you when we talked last I went to a conference in Montreal actually um and there was I went for some runs around there it was a great little city I kind of like that you know it was very nice um explore runs but then there was a park sort of um kind of close by and I did my long run and it was a I'm going to say a trail because it was a it wasn't paved, okay. So this one wasn't paved, and it was like gravelly, and it did definitely climb. So there was definitely okay. a climb. I wish I remembered the name of the park, um, but it is, I guess, pretty well known in Montreal area. But that was where I was surrounded by woods, and there was a lot of people there. They were actually doing a trail race there, um, and I was like, wow, this is like a race atmosphere. Um, it was pretty cool. Um, that was the only time I've ever ever, like <laughs> not run on the road. Um, but I could see <laughs> that it, it can be very relaxing. And like Absolutely. you mentioned of just going yeah. out and playing, and we mm-hmm. have a lot of runners in our community who speak of this. Um, again, I just haven't done it yet. Um, I'm not against it. I think at some point, I most likely will. Um, it kind of seems like almost a natural progression or you know when you get tired of whatever hitting my half marathon getting my half marathon time a little better or running a marathon again and that i'll eventually go there and we do have some great trails in connecticut here um and there's a lot of runners who who love trail running in connecticut so it's uh something that i i think I'll eventually take up and the more episodes <laughs> i listen and how you speak of it kim Um, you know, you might be converting me a little bit there. Oh,
0: that's my mission. I'm, I've been slowly converting Carolyn too, as we go along, but I don't think anybody needs to be 100% in either camp. I think spending time in both places can be really, um, beneficial, but, um, yeah, I think just the the longevity I get with trail running I think is my number one reason to still run trails is I don't deal with the overuse injuries anymore. Um, If anything, it's the traumatic ones—the slip, trip over a log. Oh
1: my goodness! <laughs> I would imagine ankle sprains, like if you sprain you know, your ankle. No, Never? and wow. and you
0: know I think the reason is your ankles get so strong now. If you're running on buffed out single track where it's essentially like the road, that's different. But if you're on running on any kind of technical trail, you're ankles get rock, rock solid.
1: Okay. So you just used some terminology that just like flew over my head. I'm sure it flew over other people's heads. (laughs) What does buffed out single track mean? (laughs) Um,
0: So it's the type of, it's a trail that's very smooth. It's had hundreds and hundreds of feet go over it. It's hard packed, no real bumps. It's just like a nice little two foot wide Path. So a lot of trails in California, um, you know, Pacific Northwest will be more like that. You get into where more where you live on the Appalachian Trail side of the country, it's going to be a lot more roots and, yeah. you know, rocks and uneven surfaces. So, and that's the other thing is variety. You, you, no two trails are the same ever
1: nice okay thank you for that explanation I would say the trail the quote-unquote trail I ran in Montreal was more that flat (laughs) I was not running on roots or anything like that Um, but I have gone hiking around here and yeah there are roots like everywhere and rocks and I think to myself like how do people run on this because (laughs) you learn to pick
0: up your feet you can't be a lazy runner that's for sure
1: (laughs) I would imagine it's like holy hip flexors here (laughs) like get them up get those knees up. <laughs> yeah. all right so let's um let's go to carolyn here so with your your primary discipline we'll say is road running you know why do you think road runners should um perhaps run on some trails
2: well it comes back to that variety um when we run on the road all the time it's it's like him said the every single step is the same and there is an increased risk for injury when we're taking every single step exactly the same if you have that little biomechanical insufficiency it's going to be amplified on the roads whereas when you get onto the trails and no two steps are the same because you're picking up your feet and going over rocks and and roots and uphill and downhill there's just so much variety and you use your body so differently that there is that kind of hidden injury prevention aspect to trail running. So I think that they complement each other really well and you get really strong running on, on trails, like Kim said, because often there is that uphill and downhill. And you want to talk about, I just did a cross country race. So I took part in the cross country season in the fall And we did two races and I did an eight K cross country and a five K cross country. And I don't know, like we live in the flattest place. Winnipeg is very, very flat. So most of my running is on flat. And for some, like I hadn't heard of this park where this cross country race was taking place, but it was hilly. And I couldn't believe, like, I'm not, uh, trained necessarily for, for running on Hills right now. And there is a, maybe Kim can speak to this better, but there is a real art and a skill to being able to run uphill and downhill efficiently. So there was like ladies that would just bomb past me going downhill. And I was like, so timid and so scared that I was just going to like fall. There's a real art to it and a skill. So, um, I think it's again, really uh, beneficial to get on those different surfaces and um, for the injury prevention, not to mention for getting out of that obsessive road runner, checking the watch every five seconds kind of mindset. It, like Kim said, it doesn't matter in the trails, your pace is going to be slower. Like most people find that the effort is much harder. The pace is much slower, but somehow the enjoyment is amplified. Like you're going slower, but it doesn't really matter because you're connecting with nature. You're maybe connecting with the friend that you're running with. And the time just seems to fly by differently than when you're on the roads. So those are some of the the reasons that I like to get off the roads uh, from time to time and um, and hit up the trails.
0: And you can get covered in mud at the same time. <laughs> yeah, nothing, again, nothing
2: makes you feel more like a kid. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so you're having some fun out there and bringing back your childhood days. This episode is brought to you by UCAN. UCAN Nutrition is powered by Superstarch and it delivers that steady, long-lasting energy without the spike and then the crash. I had to take a moment to spark off this episode and share the exciting news of their long-awaited energy gel called You Can Edge. You Can Edge represents a quantum leap in how runners will fuel for their long runs and their races. It is the first and only on-the-go training fuel powered by Superstarch. Edge puts you in the ideal performance state by keeping blood sugar stable so you can work smarter and harder. The next generation of sports fuel has arrived, runners. And I've been using UCAN Energy during all of my long runs and races since its inception and love their new edge fuel as it is the most delicious energy gel you can find on the market. And it's powered by their true, tried, and trusted superstarch. So you can't go wrong with that. So since you are a part of our Healthy Runner community, you will get 20% off all of your orders at UCAN.co. Just use the code HEALTHYRUNNER during checkout when placing your order. Go ahead and give UCAN Edge a try for your next long run. Trust me, you won't regret it. We do have a question here that I think is, is probably a good question that, um, others probably ask, and it actually comes from our coach Kat, um, who says, you know, how do you prevent rolling your ankle when trying to run on trails? Every time that she tries to transition a trail running, she just keeps rolling her ankle. So, you know, she, the trails that she's done have been very rocky. Should she start on less technical trails? Would you say?
0: I, I would say so. Yeah. It's just like you don't, you don't start out running up a whole mountain or sprinting, you know, uh, yet your tempo pace for the entire run. You start out in increments. You would do the same thing with um, gradually building up the technical type of terrain that you're running on. Um, if you have the luxury of picking just part of your run, um, of being on a more trail, you can hop on and off road to trail. That's one option. Another option I would suggest is. Really, a lot of people are intimidated with trail running because they overcomplicate the shoe thing. What am I supposed to wear for shoes and trails? Honestly, you can wear your regular shoes on the trails, but the one thing I would suggest is avoiding a super high stack at first. If you can get down a little closer to the ground, um, shorter distance, really feeling the proprioception or your, your foot's ability to feel what's what's happening under it helps. And then Carolyn, feel free to jump in here. But I suggest definitely doing some exercises like using a wobble board, doing a bunch of barefoot single leg stance exercises, which I know you're a fan of doing, um, yes. and doing some prehab for your feet. <laughs> so that, you know, even working your way from single leg stance static exercises up to more hopping, jumping in different directions, right? In in quadrants or circles, so that your foot is used to reacting in that really quick nature. Um, um, with trail running, I find many times my ankle will go over, yes, but it just rebounds. It's that quick over and up where you don't actually hurt yourself. Your body just recoils so fast that it's not an injury, but that comes over time, right? You have to build up your, your strength and your proprioceptive awareness for that.
1: Nice. You got that good reactive neuromuscular control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, no, thank you. That was very helpful. Um, So it's almost when you're looking at trail runners, it's like what we would have prescribed for our kind of chronic ankle sprain basketball players or Mm -hmm. those that play tennis, right? Or these soccer players, right? That are always constantly cutting and changing directions. Um, For trail runners, it is super important from a prehab standpoint to strengthen those intrinsic foot muscles and really focus on the balance exercises, being really, really, stable on one leg so it's even more important and we've talked about that many times on this podcast for the trail runner i would say um because of the terrain and you're switching directions that you're not Mm -hmm. only running in one direction in one plane so that makes sense to me never really thought about that before so thank you for sharing that um yeah i'd actually be
0: interested to hear what carolyn has to say forgive me duane what would you say
2: I, that's what I would have said, Kim. I, okay. the only other thing <laughs> that I thought of is, um, maybe just doing some running drills because, you know, you can sort of drill that running form, like sort of the elements of the running form, like the, that will help sort of like on that plyometric nature of being able to hit the ground and come out come uh, back up really quickly um you can sort of train that along with balance proprioception definitely the lateral movements i would say like runners tend to be very very terrible in the frontal plane meaning going from side to side so think about if you're lunging left and right runners aren't usually the best at that road runners but trail runners are phenomenal at that and so you know if you wanted to sort of um prepare yourself or do that prehab in order to um, train yourself uh, before you hit the trails. That might be something to think about as well. You know, you just made me think.
0: I actually did a blog post once on the It was called "The Art of the Dance," and it just was comparing trail running to dancing, right? And I know you have a dance background as well. <laughs> yeah. we? Uh look at all the parallelism I we know, have. In I know. <laughs> I but yeah, you just made me think, Carolyn. That on the road we're so rigid, and our brains just want to go this way. On the trail, I'm often flinging my arms out to the right and up and down, and you know. It's allowing your body to bounce in lots of different directions and not getting in this, I have to go this way. And if my ankle doesn't want to go that way over, it goes, no, go this way, hit the ground that way or that way. And just don't think about it as much. And that is, that is part of the skill you learn over time (laughs) of just almost feeling the trail rather than thinking the trail. Yeah.
1: Nice. Have you seen, um, a lot of like injured trail runners specifically? Like, is that an area that you have seen?
0: That was my whole practice in, it was. In, um, okay. in Winnipeg. However, the injuries are different. They're typically more, um, I was running down a mountain and caught my toe and stumbled and, and tore my hamstring, right? It's the big, it's the traumatic injuries or okay believe it or not falling and, and landing on your wrist. Um, there are definitely the overuse injuries because the trail running community tends to drift into ultra running quite easily and early. <laughs> and so you, and on anybody running for 50 to hundred miles is going to get overuse injuries, no matter what surface you're running on. But, um, I would say the injuries are less, you don't see the IT band tendinitis, you don't see um, runner's knee as much because people have such good eccentric quads, um, depending on what type of trail they run on, um, you see more of the, the high hamstring stuff, um, hip flexor stuff, it's just different calf strains. Not too much Achilles.
1: I was just thinking about like with heel drop and like how you had mentioned, you know, it's usually better to kind of be closer to the ground. I'm wondering if people do that too fast, right. And wind up getting Achilles, but.
0: Do you want to go down that rabbit hole? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Is is that pretty Um, common?
0: No, the problem isn't low drop. It's transitioning to low drop too fast for sure.
1: Um,
0: People that have been running in, you know, ultra is a good example of a very common trail running shoe. It's got zero drop um their whole lives don't notice it right it's not the running and zero drop that's the issue it's people who go from 14 15 i speak in millimeters sorry Mm -hmm. (laughs) down to zero um that that's the problem
2: but um i don't know what would you say carolyn what have you seen I don't tend to treat trail runners too much or to even have them in my practice. Right. Cause I'm mostly working with the road runners, but um, yeah, like you said, the injuries are just going to be more traumatic. Usually They're Usually than... more traumatic. They're more dramatic. And there's yeah. a huge story to it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I have this forehead injury because I tripped and I fell and I hit a tree, you know, yeah, like that's, yeah. it's those kind of injuries uh, mostly I, that that I would suspect. Um, but like I said, I don't have a ton of firsthand experience treating trail runners.
1: Yeah. And I, I just going back to, I guess I was, I'm perseverating on kind of the heel drop just because I, mm-hmm. I it makes so much sense to me. And I never really thought about that, that it does, you do want to be closer to the ground and like a, something with a high stack, high, like a Hoka probably or a traditional Hoka would not be, the best for trail running, um, especially if someone does have a history of ankle instability, ankle sprains. Um, to me it makes sense to be closer to the ground. But I do have an individual right now that I'm working with and you know he did have <clears throat> some pain and you know the first thing that traditional medical practitioners will usually go to is like, oh, you're running an ultras like stop running in ultras and that will get rid of your pain. And I agree with your point there, Kim, in that it's, it's not the ultras that are causing the pain. It's the fact that you haven't, you know, allowed your body to adapt, but this gentleman did like, he's literally been mm-hmm. running in them successfully marathons for 10 years and never had this pain, you know, but mm-hmm. it, it's like, when you get this one message that gets out there and it's like, Oh, zero drop. That's going to cause you to get Achilles pain, or that's going to cause you to get injuries. So I loved your comment there, Kim, that it is something that, um, you know, it. we need to allow our bodies to adapt to any type of running we're doing, whether it's road running, trail Anything. running. And now that makes perfect sense. Um, so it sounds to me, at least what we've talked about so far, that trail running is, could be slightly more dangerous perhaps from a traumatic standpoint, but is it harder than road running?
0: There's many different types of hard.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think if people just automatically go from the roads to the trails, they will experience trails as being harder. Yes. But like we said, the effort is, is different. They may be putting out more effort and yielding a slower pace. Um, And so, you know, that may feel harder to a lot of people, but what I often see is that it ultimately makes their road running feel easier. So when they come back onto the roads, the road running actually feels better and it feels easier for having been in the trails. I would agree. Um, I think the, the effort
0: level, especially if you're working to pick up your feet more or going uphill, particularly like your heart rate's going to be getting in zones that your legs actually can't get to sometimes on the road, if you don't have that turnover. Right. So it can give you a different type of workout. Um, I find mentally it's so much easier. I find road running. It's almost like comparable to trail running for me. I'm just checking off the the miles, looking at my watch, but trail running, you know, I'll wake up and an hour later I'm somewhere and I'm like, how did I even get here? Um, so again, there's physical hard, there's mental hard. I think it just depends what the purpose of your workout is for that day. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And, um, we do have another question that I think, and this might go into some of your tips, but, Are there specific exercises that you would beyond what we just talked about, kind of foot stability, ankle stability? Are there any other specific exercises that you would think in your minds um, as kind of running expert physios um, and coaches that you would design for a trail runner? Or is it really just dependent upon the person?
2: I'll let you are there any, take that one, Kim. Are there any go-tos okay.
1: where you're like, okay, yeah. I have a trail runner and they're like, I don't know, you talk about this sinister seven. I have no oh. clue what it is. It <laughs> sounds scary to me. It sounds completely scary, oh, but I've heard so you talk about fun. it on your show. right? Yes. And they're like, all right, I'm going to do the sinister seven, Kim. Like what exercises do I need to do to either stay healthy or to actually like have a good performance in the sinister seven? Are there any go-tos
0: you know absolutely but they're not maybe as unique as you think um i know part of your blueprint talks about plyos a lot and i think that is that's one thing that progressing up to them trail runners need to do for sure you know i when i was living in manitoba training on the flat fairly predictable terrain there to go into other trails in manitoba or in the mountains um you can't simulate jumping off a, a large rock going down a mountain in any other way than jumping off a box, right? Unless you're actually in the mountain. So, so doing plyometrics to build up your tendon durability and, and reactivity, I think is super important. Um, agility exercises for sure. So there's so many different ways to do that from, side shuffles and ladders to mini hops Mm. to I love to progress those up and down stairs hopping on one foot sideways up your stairs turn around go sideways down the other way without rolling your ankle over right (laughs) um bosu ball stuff wobble board stuff um oh you're just playing you know even dancing can be a good a good exercise for trail running um Carolyn, help me out here. Can you think of any other?
2: You're doing great. I just remember when you <laughs> when you were living here, uh, you would take out a membership at the at the uh, ski hill in the summer, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And you would be going up and yeah. down the hills yeah. there. But when you couldn't hit the ski hill, you would be doing. Um stairs. So don't forget yeah. about just your your regular mm-hmm. old staircase and just doing up and down on the stairs. But I love that. I mean, I'm a big fan of uh yeah, like come up to the your bottom step, for example, and just like on one foot hop up onto the steps. Mm-hmm. There's the balance coordination, the agility mm-hmm. that if you go back and forth, like it's there's a lot that you can do just with, you know, equipment that's around yeah. your house. And I know Dwayne, you're big on that as well, right? With the your YouTube. Videos are often with equipment that's just lying around. That would be common equipment at your home.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I see from what, you know, you're talking about is even almost going next level where I think of, yes, runners need to train plyometrically, you know, we've talked about that, but even going one step further and like as physios, if any physios are listening to this, or if you were a. Soccer, basketball, tennis, athlete, and you ever went for either preseason training uh, with a strength and conditioning coach, or you saw a physical therapist, um, you know, you might have done a lot of more side to side type of activities exactly. and lateral yeah. um, drills. And I could see adding more of that into a prevention program as like a trail runner versus what we would do for road runners. Let's say, like, I'd almost want to train you Know a trail runner almost like I would have trained my you know basketball player, um, mm-hmm. you know, adolescent Soccer. basketball yeah. player, or you know, rehabbing after an ankle sprain, rehabbing after ACL surgery. Um, yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Cool. Yeah, Thank
0: the, you. the rotators, like you just said, the, the sideways plane and rotational plane, that would be the only other thing I would say is that it's important to offset for road runners, you know, having those lateral stabilizers and those rotators being strong, but it's essential for a trail runner absolutely essential um that's what's going to keep you from tripping and going off into the trees <laughs> into a stump is having the ability to control all of those rotational forces that come at you
1: yeah that makes sense and you know because we are on the healthy runner podcast and you guys are both like very accomplished physios and you've done some amazing things in your physio career right? Even before you really kind of specialize in working with runners. Um, What are your healthy tips? I know you know what mine are, my kind of blueprint, but what would you say like your, you know, running healthy tips are or common things that you've seen throughout your career um, that you're really passionate about in helping the runners that you help maybe, you know, share two tips each perhaps.
2: For sure. Well, I'll go first. Um, I see again, mostly road runners and road runners h- hate doing the strength work for the most part. I would say I rarely come across a road runner. That's like, yeah, my strength day is like my favorite day of the week. <laughs> and so one thing I'm famous for saying to my athletes is we need to take the non-running work as seriously as we take the running work, all the runners want to run. I get that I'm a runner. All I want to do is run, but I'm big on, um, making that runner, like appreciate the, the rest of what happens when we're not running. So, uh, dynamic warm ups, uh, strides, hills and drills. I'm big on, um, strength and mobility work, core work, nutrition. Are you fueling properly? Are you eating enough? Um, are you, uh, sleeping enough? <laughs> are you recovering? Like the, all of the things that go on around your running to support your running are have to be taken just as seriously. And I just wrote an article today where I said, um, what, when you sign up for a race, you're signing up for the training. Like, don't forget that. Like the easy part is signing up for the race. The hard part is going, oh yeah, it's not just the running. It's actually all this other stuff. And I could take it one step further. It's the um, expert time management that you have to have to get this all into your busy life. It's the extra laundry you have to do. (laughs) Like There is so much that goes on around our running. That isn't just the running and taking that as seriously as the running is uh, one of my biggest tips as a coach
1: my goodness, I love that how you phrase that. And it is so true. And we find that, oh, happens so much. And even, you know, folks that we hear from in our community, it's kind of like sign up for something and then, you know, they get an injury or they're not happy with their piece or they think they should be running faster. But, did you do this? Did you do that? Did you, and the answer is no, then you haven't really committed to the training. And I love how you said that. Um, That was, that was just perfect, honestly. Um, So guys, if you are, when you're listening to this, think about that, right? Are you dedicating that time to everything that Carolyn said, because it's all going to affect your outcome? It's not only about you running fast. Everyone just wants to run fast and get faster and get a better time. It's all of those little things, the things that you may not have even thought about contribute. Um, And And I know you mentioned sleep.
2: Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say they're not um, sexy. Like they're not Instagram worthy for the most part. You're not going to be like, here, I'm on my foam roller. (laughs) Like, it's just kind of boring and mundane. And I get that it's really, um, a lot more Instagram worthy to put up your cool workout that you just did at the track or whatever. But, uh, for the most part, we really, and I, I kind of wish, um, I might champion this myself, but I kind of wish there were more examples of this, even from the professional runners. like, here's me taking a nap. Like I just took a two hour nap today, (laughs) you know, And, and glorifying that as much as the, the big hard workout.
1: Oh man, that is, that's yes. And I'm probably guilty of that as well, because like, we do get pumped up for like that track workout. Right. And I do find myself definitely like posting track workout and long run because, you know, like mentally, right. That's what we like amp ourselves up for. And it's like, okay, we got to give this hard effort, but you're right. Like, we should just set a challenge like the three of us should yeah. literally post yes. like yes. once a week the unsexy running picture
2: challenge <laughs> yes. we we something need our boring. own hashtag <laughs> i like this idea the stuff that it's,
1: matters what are we going to call the go.
2: hashtag
1: <laughs> <Like> <laughs> just you know taking a screenshot what matters mondays
2: when, yeah.
1: when getting like seven hours of sleep finally or you know, actually, like you said, just getting on your foam roller, like doing like some simple mobility exercise that doesn't look sexy, doesn't look like it's doing anything. uh, But if you do that over time, then you're going to prevent, you know, your hip from locking up your ankle from locking up, right. And you know, that being a contributing factor to something uh, down the road, you're right, though, we do need to celebrate, I'm going to try to see if I could challenge myself to celebrate just the simple, easy, boring things. And with the message of consistency is key, running is a lifestyle. It's not about just, you know, doing the hard thing and the one thing that is going to lead to your outcome. Um, Thank you for sharing that. Any other tips, Carolyn? Uh, You shared a lot there, but I was just wondering if you had- Oh,
2: how much time do you (laughs) have? (laughs) <laughs> um again we've talked we talked about this on on our show but for sure i think this probably even falls into what i was saying before is that you got to slow down. Like I really, again, want to like show people. Cause they're always like, Oh, you, you run so fast. Like, how do you run so fast? Tell me your hard workout. And I'm like, do you know why I run so fast? Cause I run a lot of miles and I run them really slow. And so there's Pete, you know, I'll uh, talk to, to runners who are, you know, they race slower than I do and they're running their easy days faster than me. And so part of it is like, I want to normalize this easy running um, and, and put up my, And I hate using actual paces because it's going to be slow for someone and it's going to be fast for someone else. But just like that painfully slow pace that, you know, you're not even sweating at the end and you don't even feel like you've done anything. You don't even need a shower afterwards. Like that's the pace that I'm running like about 80 or 90% of my weekly miles at.
1: I'm literally (laughs) writing this down. I want to normalize easy running. (laughs) Yes. I will.
2: I will die on that hill.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I agree. And it just, if I can just add to that, a lot of the clients that uh, my coach, you know, will talk about their easy runs. And like you said, and I, I, I say it just to put it in perspective for them, not to say like, Oh, I'm faster than you because. Right. Fast is all relative. Right. But it's like, if this race time is 10 minutes faster, but you're running your easy runs faster than I run my easy runs, then we have a a problem. And I I think you're right in that it is our culture and it is, we see people posting things at specific pieces or we just feel that there's no way I can run slower than a 10 minute mile or I I don't want to see a 10 on my watch. I want to see that I'm in the nines. And I'm like, I'm happy when I see 10s. If I'm in the nines on my easy runs, I'm like, Dwayne, you're an idiot. You're running too fast. Like, dude, slow down. Like, all right, make sure your cadence stays high, but let's make this nice and easy because this is a recovery run that is the purpose that was the intention of today's run, exactly. <laughs> right? So don't rob tomorrow's
0: exactly. run with what you did today, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. No. So thank you for sharing um those tips, Carolyn. They're so important, so important. So, Kim, what do you have? What are your what are your kind of uh Healthy running tips. I know Carolyn talked about a lot. So I don't know if there's. I was going to say you didn't you. leave I, me a whole <laughs> lot there,
0: Carolyn. I do. I do have a couple. Maybe taking a slightly different vein. So, as I mentioned, I am also trail ultra runner, and a lot of trail runners get the bog very early in their trail running career, and they get the FOMO, right, that fear of missing out. And so my top two tips are really quite interrelated. One is avoiding the too much too soon, right, um, jumping up in distance adding too many races in a season. Um, and so what, what I usually say there is, you know, don't do, and I'm going to throw out some big numbers here, but this is what trail runners do no more than don't do a 50 mile until you've done 350Ks, and don't do a hundred K until you've done 350 miles. And then a hundred, K's before you even think about a 100 miler. So many trail runners, you know, get on YouTube and Instagram and they see the Western States 100 and I've done a 50K and next year I'm going to do my first 100. People need to respect the distance, <laughs> slow down. And as part of that, my second tip then would be know your why. And I've spoken about this, but whether you're a trail runner or a road runner, if you really sit down and ask yourself, to write down 10 reasons why you're running or 10 reasons what, you, what things you want to accomplish in this race season and make sure every single race you choose and every single even run um, aligns with those whys. And it will help you to avoid that FOMO. It'll help you avoid, oh, so-and-so's going to this city to do this marathon and next weekend so-and-so's doing this and I can't miss out on this girl's weekend in Vegas doing rock and roll. And then I want to go do this and that. So if you can, it'll help you plan your race season It'll help you um, listen to your body more <laughs> and not ignore some of those things. If you really know why you're doing something, um, it will improve your longevity. So I don't know if I expressed that quite right, but knowing your why um, and avoiding just too much too soon, which is the number one reason all runners get injured, right? Or burn out. They burn brightly for two or three years and then poof, you never hear from them again right? Mm-hmm. So I'd say protect your mind as much as your body.
1: Wow. So many great nuggets in there. And I would even, you know, add to that because we see that in road runners too. And I loved your, your idea of, you know completing something three times before going up to the next step because we even see that in road runners who mm-hmm. run All one time. half marathon and they're like oh, i'm going for the marathon i'm like wait no no it's not just double like i feel like training for a marathon is like yeah you know i don't know times four right in terms <sighs> of like training <sighs> and we need to think about the body of work over a number of years and yes, not, absolutely. you know, think in months and say, well, I've been running for six months and I ran a half, so now I got to go to the next challenge of running a full. And I could imagine, like, yeah, to me, it's honestly pretty crazy to run a 50-miler to begin with and then to <laughs> just think about a 100-miler, like, I can't even fathom, right? And I can't even think yeah. about but, but that's the problem
0: I... is people can't fathom and they have no idea what they're getting into <laughs> and their bodies are going whiskey tango foxtrot like what's going on <laughs> and and the connective tissue isn't ready their families aren't ready for them to be running these kind of miles you know there's there's so much that, that um goes into it and until you've given the, the distance and the time and your body, the respect it deserves. Um, I don't think you have any business jumping up and up and up and up. Um, mm-hmm. and then you wonder why you're hurt. And then you wonder why running's not fun anymore. And then you wonder yeah. why your, your husband is complaining that you're always doing this and that. Right. So there's, yeah. <laughs> there's a well, process to all of it. Right.
2: Yeah. And we talked earlier about how there are different kinds of hard. So yeah, I, Kim, when you yeah. were saying that I was like, Oh my goodness, this happens totally in the, in the road running world all the time. Like somebody may not even do a half marathon and they just skip from the five the, K the couch to the marathon <laughs> program yeah. or whatever. And so um, I'm always a big, I, I still like to remind people that you can go up in distance and definitely that's harder, but you can also try to master the current distance. Mm. And I think that's sort of what you're saying of repeat that, that 50 K a few times. And you'll see that, Hey, my 50 K time got faster. So that whole thing can be scaled right on back to the five Ks to the marathons where you go, I'm going to spend some time at the five K and I'm going to get faster. And, and it's fun to get faster. And so I'd like to really root hard for the mile to the 10 K kind of distance because they're, um, you can race them a lot. You can race them a lot more often than you can a marathon. All the eggs aren't in one basket. You see progress fairly quickly with them. And, um, ultimately they can make you faster in your marathon when you go back to it. So don't forget about those short distances.
0: Well, and you learn stuff by just experience too, right? Like if you ran one 10 K and your gut was perfect and it was a sunny day and Mm -hmm. your best friend was with you, well, why wouldn't (laughs) I want to do a half or a full? And then you get to the full and heaven forbid, that's the first time you've ever had gut issues and you have no idea how to deal with it. But if Mm -hmm. it had happened, maybe you did 10, 10 Ks and three of them, you had to deal with a squirrely gut. Well, then it's not such a big deal when you get to the marathon, right? right? Or the half. So some of these things just happen over time. You learn how to deal with all those non-running things, right? The chafing and the (laughs) blisters and the, you know, the, the nutrition issues and, oh, heaven forbid it starts to rain now. How do I deal with that? Right. So, um, yeah, you just become a more resilient runner. I think when you give your body the time and your your experience, right.
2: And you get more reps, uh, more chances to, to, uh, get up to bat you know when you can do those short 5k like they're harder though they they truly are so they're there again there's I, different kinds of hard wait i'd rather you, run a
0: 50 mile yeah. way more than
2: a 5k and i'm not exaggerating they are hard it feels they like a sprint hard. to me <laughs> but the, the endorphin rush that you get with that is real too like what you can be ridiculously proud of yourself when you take like even when you get sort of um you know, you've raced a 5k a lot. Like my husband, uh, he, he races the 5k a lot. And so he knows within five seconds, either way of his time, like he will always be there in a 5k if it's a flat ish 5k. And, um, so when he, you know, takes off 10 seconds or finally breaks through on some level, it's like very exciting. And, you know, the, the training is fun for those short races, I think, but again, everybody has those different, like, I'm not saying everyone will love that. It it is hard in that different way, but it can be so rewarding too. And a lot of people have never tried it.
1: Love it. You know what I love most about, um, your response to my question is my original question for those that don't even remember was healthy running tips. And you did note like strengthening plyometrics initially, but we spent the majority of talking about training and notice how we didn't mention it's what type of shoe you're wearing. We didn't mention it's whatever brace, tape, gadget that you can buy on an infomercial. (laughs) Um, It is the quote unquote non-sexy things of actually training in the right way, right? Like all those Tips that you shared were really related to training and being patient. And if you want to be a lifelong runner, um, you guys have to listen to the advice of Carolyn and Kim here, because what they just shared with you is literally gold. It is gold. And if you follow that, um, you will be successful in staying healthy as a runner. So thank you so much um, for sharing that. That was, that was fantastic. And you know, the last question I have for you before we get to our kind of um, our, our finishing question is really how has running, cause you've talked about this on your podcast a lot. And um, you know, that is one of the things you ask your guests, you know, how has running really inspired each of you to like live a deeper and more meaningful life?
0: All right, Carolyn.
2: All right. Well, I just didn't even know where to start with this question because running is like my whole entire life. It's like, what I do for fun. It's where we go on vacation. Um, It's where I volunteer. I have a podcast, like every, my, my, and my job, my paid job is, is coaching runners. So like everything about my life is revolves around, around running, but really how it's made me live a deeper and more meaningful life is that it has allowed me to meet and connect with some of the most amazing people. Uh, who inspire me to up my game every single day, people I would never ever like, especially with our podcast, right, Kim, like, we have interviewed yeah. the coolest people that we never would have had a chance to meet or connect with any other way than having that uh, a podcast platform. And the other thing, um, my husband's in the military. So he's in the Canadian Air Force. So we move a lot for his job. And I know deep down that as soon as I get to a new place, all I have to do is hook in with the running community and I'll have found my people. And so it's, it, it even makes, uh, like a, a fairly large, uh, life transition, like a, like a move. And when we move, it's like a new province or halfway across the country or whatever. It, it makes those, um, even those large transitions that much easier because you just hook in with the runners and, and there's your people. So I have, I have more, but let's hear from you, Kim.
0: <laughs> well, of course, as usual, we think exactly alike in this regard. And yes, my run tribe and the people is definitely something is that it's been intensely meaningful to me over the time that I've been a runner and a, and a trail runner. But, you know, as you said at the beginning there, Dwayne, running is life and life is running. And there's so many lessons that I have learned through my running that have made me a better person that have made me a better mom that have made me a better manager human human being i mean life is hard sometimes and running is kind of it's my escape it's my therapy it's my i even say it's my worship you know i just love being out in the forest um in the trees. And so it's my joy. It's my celebration. It's also my punishment. Sometimes when I just need to beat myself up, I go do a good hard hill workout and I feel so much better. Right. Um, but it's taught me I can do hard things, right. I can do really, really hard things. Um, I don't think short of having a child, anything is harder than, than finishing a hundred miler or maybe running a 5k might be the only thing harder than finishing a hundred miles. No, 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 no. (laughs) I have not run a hundred (laughs) miles, but there is
2: no way it's easier than doing a
0: 5k, (laughs) but yeah, it's taught me I can do hard things. And along the way I've met people in the middle of races that have become, you know, good friends, um, in the most, interesting of circumstances and so yeah running to me it's a gift it is just purely a gift
1: yeah. wow yeah thank you so much uh, to both of you for sharing uh that and I think many runners can relate to you because I think especially now more than ever like it seems like just life is last couple of years for everyone right it has been more difficult um in one way or another and you know, running is that outlet for all of us to, to be able to get the mental release we need to feel good, be more productive in life. Um, so thank you for sharing that and highlighting that on your show. And, you know, I know there are definitely gonna be runners who really connected with you today, realize what an amazing duo, the both of you are, where can our healthy runner community connect with the both of you?
2: Well, you can find us on Instagram at inspired souls cast. And just of note, the souls is the, like the running shoe souls, the S O L E S.
1: Nice. Yeah. It was a nice little play words. I like it. I like it. (laughs) Um, So that would be um, Instagram wise. And then I will also put your individual Instagrams in the um, show notes as well. And then definitely they can check your podcast out on all podcast players, right? And yes, go check it out on Apple, iTunes, Spotify. Make sure you yep. hit the subscribe, hit the follow on Spotify, give them a rating on Spotify, yes. Spotify, just release yes, that now.
2: Yes. Yes.
1: You can hit the stars finally, uh, which is yep. nice. Um, <laughs> so go uh, check out their show, um, rate their show. Um, it's, it's pretty amazing. And this really has been um you know, so great to really chat with you guys again. And, you know, thank you for sharing your inspiration, knowledge, expertise, um, on trail and road running with us today. And I hope we get to do it sooner rather than later. Um, this is really fun. I feel like I could talk to you guys for hours, honestly, and, but no one will listen to a podcast. We're podcasters, man. We could talk today. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so thank you guys so much for coming on again i greatly appreciate it
2: it was our pleasure
1: pleasure. and most of all thank you guys for listening to this Um, whether you're listening on the healthy Runner podcast spark your training youtube channel um, or in our healthy runner facebook group and thanks for those who jumped on the live we do that every week we go live within our facebook group to be able to share these episodes with you so if you want to Find out what's next. Always go to the event tab in uh, the Healthy Runner Facebook group, and you'll find out what podcast episodes will be coming out next. Um, And yeah, guys, thanks again. And as always, let's remember to stay active, let's stay healthy, and let's just keep on running. Until next time. Bye. 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 Hey, Healthy Runners, have you been listening to this podcast for a while and have been implementing the strategies we talk about on a weekly basis? If so, kudos to you for taking action because we all know those that are successful are those that take action. However, I do talk to many of you runners and you guys are trying to implement the strategies. Maybe you've seen some exercises on my Spark Your Training YouTube channel, but you're just not sure if that is exactly what you should be doing depending upon your situation. So if you're looking for clarity and focus in order to be able to collapse time so you don't have to figure it out all by yourself. That is exactly what we take care of with our team of experts in our one-on-one personalized run coaching program to get you stronger and faster so you can enjoy lifelong injury-free running. What do you get when you sign up for the Healthy Runner Coaching Program? You get 16 weeks of one-to-one run and strength training, coaching, and accountability you get strategic one-on-one deep dive coaching on a monthly basis you get focused feedback on your training on a weekly basis you get the strength program for running resource library And you get lifetime access to that. You also get an online personalized structured run and strength plan. You get a community of like-minded runners and then access to our trusted healthy runner coaching team made up of certified run coaches, a physical therapist, a registered dietitian, and personal trainers and fitness instructors. If you are interested in seeing if you are a good fit to work with myself or anyone on our team, then just head to sparkyourtraining.com forward slash coaching check out the behind the scenes video tour of the program and hear from runners just like you who have been through our program before we would love to provide you the clarity on what you should be focusing on in your training whether it is getting stronger with strength training, the specific types of runs you should be doing, or the nutrition you should be fueling your body with for those runs. If you're ready to get the support and accountability you need to take action and put the work in, then I would love to hop on a call with you to see if you're a good fit for a one-on-one healthy runner coaching program. Just head to sparkyourtraining.com forward slash coaching and get signed up for your enrollment strategy call with me today. Hey, wait a minute, just to let you guys know much of what you heard on this episode is delivered live within our healthy runner free Facebook group. So head over to there to request to join our community in which you will have access to the video version of this episode and so many bonus features, including blog article references and YouTube video links, as well as me answering your specific running related questions. Also, we are closing in on 50 reviews on iTunes, which I am super pumped about, given we're only six months into this podcast journey together. So to help me get there, the first thing you need to do is you have to subscribe to The Sucker, whether it is Apple iTunes that you're listening to this or whatever platform you are on. The next thing is make sure you leave a review. I love to hear what you have to say, and I read all of them, and it means a lot to me. The last thing, guys, is take a screenshot of whatever episode you're listening to and put it on your stories on Instagram and tag me. That's at SparkYourTraining. If you do this, I will repost it so you'll get a bump, I'll get a bump, and most importantly, we will share this information with a lot more runners because that is the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of as many runners as possible to help them be healthy and stay on the road doing what they love. So take a screenshot. Share it on Instagram stories and tag me in it. Let's try and get to 50 reviews on the podcast. Thanks for listening.